Hi, my name is Archie and welcome to the Reconnecting Podcast. I'll be your host on a journey where I'll hopefully be talking to some of the brightest and best minds of our time on topics relating to the philosophy and psychology of mental health. In this episode, I'll be speaking to the creators of The Lost Bond Project, Harry, Jude and Gabe. The Lost Bond Project is a collective of young people expressing their mental health story through the performing arts. Boys, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate your time. How's uh, how's it all been in lockdown the past sort of year, I guess, now? Busy. Very, very busy, that's for sure. I mean, a lot of hoo-ha, a lot of, you know, going back and forth. But, you know, slowly but surely, we're getting there, you know? Well, yeah. Slowly but surely, yeah. Yeah, I think the most important thing for this year is how we've all dealt with it, you know? And um, being able to look back on 2020 as a year where you still tried to do as much as you could instead of sort of sitting on your laurels and going, oh, well, the world's, the world's a mess. I can't do anything about it. Um, so to start off, either of you can take any of these questions that are going to follow. But just tell me a little bit about The Lost Bond, what it is and what it is about challenging mental health stigmas that means something to you guys um well i mean we sort of began about you know a year or two ago something like that only really got it rolling in the last year um i think firstly the main sort of reason why is because we felt you know obviously the topic hasn't been given enough light um especially you know the way it was approached sort of in our own education at school um how we weren't implicitly sort of given information from you know a different um a different sort of audience so from the idea of it coming from the youth from the youth we felt was so important um and that was mainly the you know sort of role we wanted to uh build, build this sort of environment which is basically you know a conversation which isn't sort of directly you know shoving information down one another's throats but just sort of build a sort of discussion amongst each other um we felt that was sort of the main you know reasoning behind it yeah no i like that i think i think too much of what happens in the world at the moment is you're sort of you're ordered to listen and there's no there's no there's no back and forth um i touched on this at the end of the last episode um sort of off off podcast um about the lack of communication that there is in the world no one wants to listen to anybody's perspective on anything and i think that's been quite damaging for mental health so i think what you guys are doing through the performing arts it, it starts a conversation rather than his his medical information listen to it you know yeah it's creating that narrative because at the end of the day it's like all we're running off is sort of our own experiences and the knowledge we've gained from sort of having friends and like close ones with experiences. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of opening up to like a wider audience and pushing what we feel yeah. strong about. No, I like that. I like that a lot. What do you, what do you guys think is the most, what, what was the biggest like pitfall in our society? What's the biggest reason that you guys have sort of seen as, you know, young people that causes our sort of generation to suffer the most, you know, with the most, depressed generation of all um you know we're, we're the ones that suffer the most from any sort of mental health issues do you think that's just partly down to a prevalence in people being able to talk about it or do you think that our society is more geared towards a, a way of 
being as a as a culture that is more prone to just being you know men- like mentally unstable or causing depression or causing anxiety i think um i think there's what obviously um well for me personally like i think the way the way is like school deal with things like everyone goes to school right um i think the way that they deal with it um it's just a bit of a, that kind of that's what kind of messed me up a little bit like they don't really have the support needed um at schools and the way they go about things with their like students and when they kind of you know experience these things is like um they just don't have the resources really um that's just, that was a, that was a massive one for me really um i think i think there's lots of um like external uh, reasons that have caused our generation problems more than any other generation just because they didn't exist before uh for a starter like social media um and such definitely big factors um and i also think sort of the, the fact that we're becoming more aware uh, but as that's happening i think it becomes more apparent sort of the lack of education in certain areas as well yeah go, go, going off what gabe said um sort of when you're in you know the educational system sort of how you you can easily you know as a young person just go along through there um and not you know have any sort of direct impact and you know feel as though you're sort of left alone and um you know feel sort of isolated um and in general i think you know the like how you, the question you mentioned before is that um implicitly we haven't actually our generation is beginning to listen and that's when you know obviously solutions begin to arise but in terms of you know actually being taught and sat down and having these conversations it it just doesn't happen sadly um and despite yeah and despite how much we'd love you know to sort of you know trigger that and you know get that going at times it's very hard to sort of you know pin down a sort of infrastructure where we can actually get you know the right sort of answers out of it and actually solve the problems that are beginning to arise um and you know that that is what and that's what sort of you know creating this sort of environment where it's more of a discussion than implicit sort of information that I, you know telling you what to think and that's why the performing arts you know leads to this imagination and etc yeah because i think i think the the way it w- the, the way the sort of medical industry goes about something is there's something wrong we need to fix it there's not a um, discussion around it you know as someone that suffers from drug addiction i don't no i don't I, i'm not i'm not under an illusion that i'm going to be cured one day and wake up in the morning and feel like i never want to do a drug ever again and i think that's the sort of we can take that and apply that to mental health i don't think um we can sort of tell someone that's depressed someone that has anxiety that there's a cure for it because it it causes them to think they're doing something wrong when there's no results um and i want to go off something gabe said because i really liked it it was to do with the, the lack of education at school to do with around around mental health but I specifically want to focus on whether you think that there needs to be more 
education for the teachers rather than the students because i think the students at school right now are the ones that are leading the conversation for mental health um but obviously the faculty of most schools are a generation two three older than us so do you believe that there needs to be more education for the teachers and less sort of if you see a depressed kid you know give them a mental health hotline actual education to give them resources to help these people i think i think teachers and you know they don't actually realize that us as teenagers and the youth has it's just changed so much like they have an understanding of from when they were a teenager and they have like an, an uh, like an aspect but it's just massively changed really um and they're kind of going off what what they kind of know really and like i think that teachers really do need to be informed and i think it also is good to have the students lead that at times because that change that does change views of teachers um and whatnot uh so it kind of does give them like an, a better understanding but yeah i like 100 teachers need to just be kind of more informed of like what's kind of what's happening nowadays it's that sense of sort of community um and that especially in the education environment it isn't um you know teachers talking down and spilling out information just to you you know it has to be in the sense that it's reciprocated you you know we need to give that as much as them and you know in terms of you know just teachers exclusively being educated it's just as much for us as is it to them or even down to the people who actually you know serving you your food at lunchtime or you know actually cleaning i don't know the loos or whatever you know it comes down to everything it is a community at the end of the day and it isn't just you know one person who can solve all the problems um and it does come down to discussion yeah yeah i like i like i like what you just said there you know i think anyone can identify someone that's not having a good day and it's being able to train them and give them the resources and knowledge to be able to you know discuss with that person whether they're feeling all right because you know i don't think anyone here likes it when you know you're not having a great day someone sees it and then they tell somebody else and then they tell somebody else and then six people have heard that you weren't having a great day but no one has actually asked you yet um that sort of that sort of first contact with the one person that realizes it is such a key moment um and, and i think that would be very i think that's a very important thing that we need to start teaching people at schools and i like what you said it's a two-way street you know um the students need to make way for the teachers learning you know like they are that their, their way of thinking the way they've grown up isn't all going to change in a matter of days so it's not getting frustrated or angry or upset that they don't quite understand yet because you know we don't understand everything either you know um it's, it's the effort i guess it's like you know the the youth, the youth is making such a a big stance and sort of educating ourselves and just being more open in terms of discussing it um and i guess where the conflict will lie is when the older generations and teachers don't sort of match that effort to educate themselves and there's an imbalance because then you've you've got all these young people sort of being more aware of their emotions and being more expressive of that at school and then 
teachers not matching that with sort of sympathy and empathy and not being able to deal with it. And then, yeah, that's going to create a whole other problem. So de they de definitely education of the teachers is, you know, needs to be something that happens. What, what did, how was the sort of pastoral care where you guys went to school? We're not going to name and shame any schools here, but um, what, 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 did you, what did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, but speaking personally, um, it was non-existent. Um, I mean, you'd maybe, I mean, in terms of you know, when well-being and mental health, you'd probably have one assembly a year, which touches upon you know, mental health awareness week, all that, and then maybe a few posters dotted about. Um, and it actually got to the point where you know, few people had to stand up and actually you know say something, and it took you know a few you know, young people actually standing up in front of their peers and their staff and actually telling, you know, how they found their experiences that, you know, people actually began to listen. But, you know, coming back quickly to the question you raised beforehand, um, you know, in terms of edu education, because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it is all about the educational system um, and how they approach mental health as a topic and just generally is, you know, well-being and, you know, actually going through your schooling and through your, you know, young adolescent life well, um, is that kind of, um, when, when you're, is that some students will, you know, bode well and speak out against this and then teachers will learn, etc. some won't, but then there'll also be students who are still scared to actually speak up and who, even though we begin to do more and more, sometimes it won't resonate. And that's why, you know, again, staff sort of, you know, education is so important because there are still people struggling, even though it gets better, you know, it's nowhere near where it should be. Um, I just want to sorry, get that out there. Um, I, to be honest, I, was, I think I was very lucky uh, where I went to school because um, I went to, I think, a lot of these these big schools, um, it's harder because you've got so many more people and and whatnot. But I was in a real community and everyone kind of looked out for everyone. It's it's, it's hard to walk past. It's hard to walk past someone and like um, just kind of blank them. Like you see them, you see them all day. Like. If someone's having a hard time you you can't not really go and speak to them and uh i was very lucky in the sense like teachers weren't afraid to just grab me like um just like what's up um just having having a little chat really like um that kind of made a massive impact on me really um i don't know about you jude yeah i th to be fair i think my school um my experience of partial care was actually really positive, particularly towards the last few years at school. Um, I think though that's pro I probably had quite a different experience to a lot of people at the same school, uh, just because perhaps the infrastructure was there um, and I was just quite proactive and sort of seeking it out, which was sort of required of me and able to sort of make the most of it. So I do think that people who perhaps were less aware of their own feelings and emotions uh they, they were able to sort of just hide and not be noticed so that was slightly problematic but uh the infrastructure is definitely there so i do have mixed opinions about it but i think they're definitely going in the right direction for sure um but my, my school as gave's at my school was like relatively small um 
so it was slightly easier to manage but I think even you know in the biggest schools it should be just absolutely like mandatory that regardless of how big it is there still needs to be that infrastructure and the and like the safeguarding teachers and people in place it's not an yeah I think I think you know I left school a while ago but I think it, it rings true for pretty much anyone that when you have a conversation with a teacher just like a one-on-one -on -one human conversation it increases your respect for them but also having a personal relationship with teachers just on a day-to-day -day basis makes your whole schooling life so much better because knowing that on any given day one of the five or six maybe six days a week that you're at school there are there are people that you can actually have a conversation with you know we spend almost all our adolescent lives in education whether it be high school university whatever being able to know that you, you have a point of contact with one or multiple teachers is a security thing more than anything you know you're, you you may go home to your parents you may be at boarding school you you, you never know but it's it, i think it's such a key to just education you know a kid will learn better if they're doing well mentally absolutely it's yeah it's definitely shouldn't shouldn't be seen as sort of a separate topic to the rest of education it should be embedded um because you know me mental health and poor mental health and positive mental health is as a result of what's going on around you it's not its own individual topic so yeah that's yeah. that's why it needs all the all teachers everyone involved with schools and education needs to be more aware even like harry said like even you know when you're getting your your lunch like i mean everyone everyone needs to be it's a, i guess it's like a mindset um as well you know everyone needs to opt in to educate themselves because right now even though like the times are changing and a stance is being made people do need to be proactive and sort of they can't be lazy you can't expect people to educate you you have to sort of go out and realize what's going on and be positive and proactive in order to change yourself for the better yeah it's not a time to sort of sit around gotta go out and grab it yeah um exactly do you guys what what the my next question was going to be around the sort of way that we educate and i personally think that the way the way we educate has gotten a bit foggied you know and um we we as a generation have sort of brought mental health to the forefront of a lot of people's minds in recent times but i think a lot of information has been spread and a lot of misinformation has also been spread um do you believe that there is too much emphasis on a sort of medical approach to mental health rather than what i believe should be the case a pastoral and a therapeutic um emphasis i believe that medicine has its place in mental health and assistance in mental health but i don't believe there's a cure per se yeah i mean i i would i would agree um i mean i don't none of us are scientists so i mean speak i mean per, speaking from personal experience maybe that helps more i mean so yeah. when i got diagnosed with clinical depression um the first thing I got done as part of my diagnosis was getting shoved a load of um, whatever fluoxetine or whatever they were called you know a bunch of pills saying you know okay take these a day and you know within three months you'll feel happy as larry etc um sadly that i mean sadly and obviously that wasn't the case um and i mean they do give you that step up 
to a certain extent, but to say they solve any sort of, you know, larger problem would be a lie. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, pastoral support, therapy, etc., works, worked for me to a certain extent, though, because it doesn't work for everyone and it can only get you so far, um, which I think is really important um, because at the end of the day, you know, you can only... You can only get, you can bring a horse to, you know, water, but you know, that sort of analogy. But yeah, I mean, in terms of, in terms of that, I um, I, I feel as though, you know, medicine has its place, but it, it in no way, in no, you know, no shape or form is it, you know, the end solution and party forward. Um, I I think I think um, yeah, I'd agree. Medicine works to a degree but routine for me was massive like going to bed going to bed at three in the morning and you wake up at you wake up at 12 one o'clock there and just get rid of it it doesn't work like and then you having a set in stone routine getting up exercising doing something um productive um i think that really needs to be emphasized more because that Honestly, I think routine is what kind of saved me. Um, exercise, especially, like um, it's not it's not just it's for your brain, it's for your body, it's for like for everything, you know. Yeah, it's a consistent program that you can work on a daily basis. Um, you know, I think it, it's about a consistent want for good mental health you know you can't you, you can't slack on your own mental health there's no okay i'm feeling pretty good now and then you can take your foot off the pedal you know there's there's no going that they're, they're, they're like yeah and and you know consistency leads to breeding good habits and then it becomes easier you know and then easy you know like if, if you do something consistently that's good for your mental health people get people just get yeah people get too comfortable um people people need to realize you've got to be taking bigger steps um yeah exactly yeah yeah there's i think there's definitely something to be said on um to an extent like for sure the support that has to be around you in order particularly young people who are sort of kind of only coming to grips with what's going on uh, the support has to be there but to a certain extent i do think um like there needs to be a point where people take personal responsibility over their own mental health um and you you can't you can't be sat in your room all day feeling sad and wondering why um and not be doing anything about it you know in an ideal world you know, the support that and the infrastructure is there for everyone to get it but the reality is that in order to help yourself you need to be sort of that first step of help which is to kind of put yourself in a positive position by putting yourself out there and doing positive things regardless of how hard it is to do that at that time obviously mm. easier said than and that's done, not to and that's not to say that to, to to cure depression you need to go set up a business and make yourself millions it's literally the act of it's literally the act yeah it's literally the act of yeah going for a run or telling one person how you feel exactly yeah small small step give give yourself reasons to sort of feel 
more positive about yourself. You know, what did I do today? I didn't do anything. Okay, well, I continue to feel sad, but oh, what do I do today? I went on a run and, you know, I painted a picture or whatever. And obviously, you know, painting pictures and stuff, that's where Lost Bond, because we, we feel that obviously art is something that is important to all of us. Um, and for us, that's been something which is, you know, quite crucial in uh, in sort of maintaining our mental health. Um, so being productive in the sense of creating art of whatever whatever that art is, is definitely important. And I think, you know, lots of people won't consider themselves to necessarily be like creative people, but I think there's a place for everyone within creating some form of creativity. Um, also, also like, I remember, I remember when it was like me, it was me, Harry and Jude, and we, we hadn't, all of us truly hadn't, we didn't really know each other's experiences, but like, when we just sat, we sat down outside the pub and we just had a chat and it was like, honestly like, oh yeah, I remember it, it was so nice. And I literally left, I left, I, when we left the pub, I just felt like, I just felt so like, I just felt like closer to, you know, the boys, but I just felt like having that nice chat about kind of that, that topic, like, it just makes you feel so much better. You feel open, like, just having a chat with your mates. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think, I don't think, no, no, no one ever tells you, no one ever tells you that you're expected to carry the weight of the world on your own. But we end up telling ourselves at some point in life that, you know, we have to go it alone, that, you know, if we start talking about these things, it makes us seem weaker. But that's obviously wrong for the point you just made in that, if it made us weaker and it made us worse, why would talking about it make uh, talking about it make us feel so good and so connected to each most other? Most definitely, most definitely, can it, it it helps me, you know, incredibly. I mean, even um, even if at times you only want to give so much away, um, you know, that's a step in the right direction, and then that's the great thing about it. I mean, because not all time people are going to want to have you know crazy honest conversations like you know we do to all our friends sometimes it you know it takes time um and even though you trust that someone so much you know it really stings to actually get it out of you but it's even maybe saying you know oh, today i just really don't want to get out of bed or yeah. today you know i oh, saying that exam i was getting a bit stressed out and then you feel as you sort of let those smaller things go which seems smaller in the long run you begin to actually you know feel comfortable with telling you know your close ones how you feel we're, we're stronger as a collective than we, than we are individually and being able to share those experiences and that that that, that pain or that anxiety or that you know happiness anything sharing it with people is a great great thing to do um you know for someone like me who's been going through this sort of stuff since I was, you know, 13. I'm at the point in my life where it's easy for me to talk about it. But that's, you know, eight years ago is when it started for me. It took me eight years to get to the point where I could talk about it on a podcast, but it took me, you know, five years where I could talk about it to my parents. You know, I hid, I hid a suicide attempt from my parents for three years. So, you know, it it's not about going about it's not like going about this head on run into it because whenever you do something like that something's bound to go a bit wrong it's slow and steady you know 
it's, it's it's figuring it's figuring yourself out i mean some things work for some people something some things don't like it's it's on it just take time to to figure out yourself um yeah i mean i that I, what you said i think it's also definitely stems back to sort of the education because as you said like when you're 13 being 13 as it was as like a young teen such a confusing age uh, you know most people they're you know their emotional intelligence just isn't there to sort of comprehend these feelings and stuff which is why education needs to be there to sort of set up people to be able to feel and deal with these situations um you know like when in the same sense you're taught like academic stuff which you don't really understand at a young age you know you should be being taught you know potential feelings and stuff that are going to happen to you so that when they do happen you've got the tools and the knowledge to be able to deal with them in a sort of a rational way um as opposed to it being like a complete disaster which it so often is yeah because especially in schooling you know when you go through school a lot's thrown at you and then on top of that you know feeling this sort of way which you've never felt before um not only is it extremely overwhelming um but you know it's extremely scary for a lot of young people when you go through that and it might be the biggest thing in the world and it might be the smallest thing in the world but you know to, to anyone it is the biggest thing in the world no matter you know how you can't grade it you know to them you know it's really it's really important you know another going back from you know what we said you know problem shared is a problem halved um and that, i think that's a great thing to go by no it's all amazing stuff boys i really appreciate you know your time and all of this and uh you know i just it makes me so happy to see people share and want to get this message out and you guys are doing that you know these three lovely gentlemen the lost bond they are releasing their first self-titled film on january the 6th this is your floor all three of you you are the the trio the dynamic trio of directors what is your aim and what, what what do you want to achieve with this this short film? And what is the message you're hoping for it to carry? Um, well, I mean, I mean, in terms of message, um, it just generally promotes conversation. Um, that is what the film's based about. You know, a, a, you know, basically two young people opening up to one another when one wasn't feeling sad, and just you kind of travel through the story, um, and it doesn't exactly come to a conclusion but it leaves room for the imagination um but it also tells the point that at the end of the day you know talking about it to one another is you know the best way forward um and in general you know yeah i mean as simply as that and in terms of us trying to promote it i mean if one person builds the courage afterwards to actually talk to someone about it then i think we've already won to be honest um and I think, yeah. Yeah. It's got to be, I think, yeah, just because the, the narrative is hopefully um, like a very relatable narrative. It's, it is quite a simplistic um, situation. So hopefully, you know, people can watch it and just feel some sort of 
um, kind of emotional connection to it in any sense. Um, I guess also we just want people to, you know, find it a good watch for the sake of it just being a good film as well. Because, you know, we're, do we're doing this all for awareness of mental health, but it's also because, you know, we like, we like art, we like making clothes and making films and you know we want people to appreciate that for its own right as well um but i get yeah and i guess also you know it's one the film has been a massive uh project but it's one aspect of a more overwrite like an over a bigger picture um so it's just feeding towards that process um and the movement i guess yeah i mean going off what jude said um the reason why it's a conceptual film and built off the performing arts is because a piece of music can touch you in a completely different way than a piece of dance can or, you know, dialogue, acting, etc. I mean, the one thing we like proud ourselves when making the film is that everything was completely raw. None of it was, you know, sort of scheduled. Majority of the time we had an idea turned up on the day and, you know, sort of obviously pointed the, those involved in the right direction but you know it was all down to them um telling their story um you know as well as trying to tell out ours because you know at the end of the day it's um we we never we didn't want to force feed you know that actors or dancers or musicians anything you know what was their sort of relationship with their mental health and how could they relay that in the scene they were involved in was the big thing i mean even the acting the acting was all improv and it was literally just yeah the instructions were minimal. yeah it was literally just everything yeah it was literally just chatting to we chatted to them at the pub told them a story for an hour and then literally left them with it and then hey presto yeah so it's a com it's a combination of just people doing their just people doing their thing really like even with um lily and livy our dancers we we said you know this is kind of what we're running with and they were like yeah we'll just we'll just improv it and they literally did it on the spot like honestly like it's just people's hard work in the film like amazing um and you guys also have another project that's somewhat ongoing um your speakeasy project that i was also a part of um can people still contact you through instagram um to be a part of that most definitely most definitely amazing yeah so the the, the Instagram will be in the description of the uh, the podcast. So if you guys see the movie or if you're listening to this and you want to be a part of getting your story out, um, hit these guys up on Instagram and you can do so. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm going to round out all of this by asking each one of you the personal best moment for you of 2020. I mean, mine was probably the fact that in the first lockdown, um, had a little doodle drew a little drawing um and then six months down the line um we're picking up you know that drawing in 3d form uh the fact that you know we drew up a collection right at the beginning of lockdown and right at the end of it you know we were fashion designers basically um it's all pretty surreal all pretty surreal um i'd i mean it's hard to sort of pinpoint one specific thing but i guess you know we've been handed a pretty dead year just <laughs> as it is and um i guess to be able to say that you know i've made the most of it i guess you know we've been held back by doing what we want to do but i feel like 
I can kind of come out the year saying actually I you know I was reasonably productive and have kind of used that time efficiently uh, which is good for my own mental health um, you know it's good for pushing what we want to do in the right direction it's good for lots of reasons but yeah I'd say that um, without sounding too cringy probably probably just getting to know you know the boys um, at the start of the year me and Jude would be in the same room we wouldn't even speak to each other honestly it was so awkward um, I had to I had to find some conversation styles to to get them flowing, but look at us now, eh? Um, yeah, no, honestly, like boys, like I love you boys to bits, really. Flourish, oh. Captain. There we go. That sums it up. That sums it up. Fantastic. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Boys, I appreciate your time so much. Thank you for everything. Um, just superstars. Movies out. Uh, short film is out on the 6th of January. Everybody go watch it. Amazing. Thank you, Archie. Thanks a lot, Archie. Archie's a dream come true. Big ups to the podcast as well. Episode 2 as well. Don't miss it. Before I go, I must say, if you've been affected by anything I've mentioned in this episode of the Reconnecting Podcast, please look to the description where I have left links and numbers for you to be able to seek help. From personal experience, I know that one of the best ways to seek help is to pick up the phone and call a friend, for you never know what you might get.